Welcome back to the Major Journey Podcast. Today, we have a special guest who is the Vice President of the Cleveland School of Cannabis. The Cleveland School of Cannabis is a program designed to introduce and educate citizens to the field of medical cannabis through multiple curriculum options. Its primary goal is to educate Ohio residents in the cannabis industry, prepare them for opportunities that await. Today's guest is also a contributing author to an extraordinary project and book titled Courage in Cannabis. And so without further ado, Kevin Green, welcome to the show. Uh, great to be here. So glad to, uh, to be invited. Absolutely. Thank you for, uh, for joining us. Kevin, before we, before we dive into Courage in Cannabis, uh, I would love to know, you know, what were some of your, your first steps on your cannabis journey? Um, how, how did you get to where you are today with the Cleveland School of Cannabis? Um, and, and what did that journey look like? No, definitely. So I, I, uh, I don't know for most, but mine was probably a very common one. Um, started interacting with cannabis in, uh, in my teenage years. Um, and it was, you know, obviously the cool thing to do was fun. Um, you know, at that point, um, and I remember just even early in it, you know, having, you know, having conversations with my friends because we all, we all played sports with a corpus that played all sports together. And we started like, you know, creating rules around how we would use cannabis when we would use it, when we would drink all that type of stuff. Cause you know, we're just like, you know, we you know, when you start kind of doing things when you're teenage years, all you do is binge on everything. Right. So you just overheat everything. So we started to notice like, oh man, you know I mean? These, these gashers are not getting any easier, you know, if we keep smoking this much. So I remember we came up with these rules where we would only smoke um, and things of that sort in season, um, you know, on the weekends and things of that sort, you know. So it's funny because my process got better as I got older. I feel like I use less cannabis as I've known more about cannabis as I get older. And I think a lot of it is because I respect the plant now. Um, so my respect for the plant, because my education of the plant allowed me to understand that I use cannabis specifically now, like I always had my, I think we all have a little anecdotal pseudoscience about what cannabis is doing for us before you know the facts, right? You know, that uncle that always says, you know, it's helping with this or that on this doesn't help with that things of that sort. Right. Um, but you just, you know, you never knew, really knew, um, and, you know, the opportunity to work with, uh, to work with this Cleveland School of Cannabis and, you know, uh, be an owner of the Cleveland School of Cannabis was really, you know, positioned to me as to say, hey, you know, there's a big educational gap. And I was like, yeah, there definitely is because I don't know anything. Um, and, um, you know, cannabis is coming east. And, you know, with that situation, as a, you know, true entrepreneur, I've been an entrepreneur my entire life, but, you know, as an adult for the last 12 years of my life, um, you know, running my own businesses, um, I was like, I see the marketability, I see the, the, the problem that's in the marketplace, and I see that this is a problem that we can solve through education. So for me, I love the entry point uh, that it was through education and advancement of people's knowledge. Um, and truthfully, when I think about the equity work that I do in the cannabis industry, outside of the cannabis industry, um, I know at the end of the day, uh, knowledge unlocks so many different things. So uh, it's been an awesome opportunity that I think truthfully uh, I was getting prepared for with all the work that I've been doing you know, for the last, you know, you know, prior, I've been in this industry five years now, but what I was doing over the last, you know, 12 years or so. Yeah, I mean, that I, I, that's such a like, just like raw story, right? Of like how so many of us got introduced to cannabis and then how that that relationship with it just develops over the years. And then you start realizing, wait a second, there's something that we could do with the plant here to, to just spread both, you know, economic prosperity and also relief medically uh, for a lot of people. So before we dive into Courage and Cannabis, can you let us know a little bit more about the Cleveland School of Cannabis? 
um, because I've, I've spoken with Dr. Bridget Williams and a lot of other people who have, have really nothing but the best to say um, about the organization and what it's done for them. For those who aren't familiar with it, what is the Cleveland School of Cannabis and what would you say its, um, its greatest impact and its mission is in the community? You know, so the mission, so Cleveland School of Cannabis is a workforce education company. Our content is cannabis. Our goal and our mission is to develop the next and future leaders and workforce for the cannabis industry. Um, how we do that is through um, literally at this point, we have the most rigorous and clock out, uh, rigorous and comprehensive cannabis program in the nation. Uh, so we have up to, I don't want to say up to, we have over 300 hours worth of uh, curriculum. Um, and we're constantly developing new curriculum. Like we just went through a whole new curriculum development way for this year. So probably adding another 100 hours onto that curriculum. And what we aim to do is to be able to take an individual that knows nothing about cannabis, and individuals like that, myself, that has, you know, our, my anecdotal pseudoscience of what cannabis actually is, right, knows a little bit, has used it, things of that sort, any individual that, you know, you can technically say is the cannabis connoisseur into our program and be able to not only um, get them to a level uh, that they can be uh, uh, effective and take advantage of the opportunities in the legal market, because cannabis is very different. So most of our individuals that you would say are um, cannabis connoisseurs, they come from the legacy market. Uh, but the legacy market and this legal market is two different things. You know, you never had to test your products in the legacy right. market. Right. Um, that in itself is going to challenge in the sense of just how you do things. You never had to grow under 70,000 square foot, 100,000 square foot. The largest farm is 42 acres. You know what I mean? An acre is 40,000 square feet. So start doing the math on what commercial cultivation looks like. Right. If you think about the extraction side of it, that's all science. It's a lab. If anyone has ever seen that, it is a lab. You know what I mean? Once you start, you know, just like, you know, uh, chemistry class, right? Once you start seeing the beakers and stuff, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you know, you know what the setup is, right? It is a lab. It's extraction, right? Uh, you're messing with high volatile you know equipment and flammable things all types of things of that sort right um and then obviously the dispensary operation side when you think about that our medical community is not highly involved right they provide uh recommendations to get a card but they don't do a lot of work like dr bridget williams is very unique in the marketplace that actually is a medical professional uh that understands the endocannabinoid system the cannabinoids terpenes and how that interacts with different um uh, illnesses that people in the wellness that people are looking for right um so the dispensary agents the people working in dispensary are so crucial to the patient's navigation right um majority of the patients are over 40 because the medical market is not quite um as uh, uh cost effective as the the legacy market right even the recreation market in some states you know uh, illinois chicago has a 40 percent tax on recreational cannabis it's, it's quite insane right. so that dispensary agent is so crucial to the patients being able to navigate cannabis especially when you think about ages 40 and up some of those individuals haven't touched cannabis in a while and and if they haven't touched it ever definitely new world if you haven't touched it in a while you know what i mean you're, you're talking about cannabis that's ranging in 35 something percent and that's just if they grow it naturally that's not if they start doing the thing with the pre-rolls and the extractions man you could be in a whole different world very very quickly so you know that consultation and that process and that education is so key and that's why it's so important for the workforce to be educated and that's exactly what our focus is so we're doing that in an entry-level workforce we're working with organizations for continuous education we're working in social equity initiatives 
leaders, business, all those types of things, you know, um, branch off from the Cleveland School of Cannabis. We have a couple other entities that allow us to do those things because we do have a state approved and a candidacy for national accreditation. So there's certain rules in the sense of how you're able to give course instruction cohorts, just, just a lot of rules uh, so that you have to adhere to. Uh, but we created our Cannabis Hub that gives us a lot of flexibility and our Harrington Institute for Cannabis, uh, Cannabis Education partnered with Al Harrington, ex-basketball player, NBA basketball player that owns Viola Brands, who's the largest Black uh, multi-state operator in the, in the country right now. Yeah, that, that, that's amazing. I mean, so what, what um, and I've, I've said this before numerous times, I mean, I really wish that other states would follow suit and almost, you know, and, and I say this with so much respect, but like replicate what the Cleveland School of Cannabis is doing for, for other states as they kind of come on board and jump on board the uh, the medical market or whether they just, you know, finally legalize, but there's gotta be some, some central place where people can go just to get that education. Um, and so when people do want that education, what does that actually look like for someone? If like, let's say like myself, if I wanted to, you know, walk in and, and sign up, what is that process like? Yeah. So the first thing is really all about, it's really an inventory. So when you meet with our admissions department, uh, depending on obviously what lead you come through online or whatever it is, open house, mm-hmm. um, it's all about where you're trying to be, what your goals are, and we're trying to provide guidance and insight, right? We've graduated over 700 students. We place uh, every single year over 60% of them in the field, right? So we know how to get people in the industry, right? We've proven in that. And we've done it year over year over year since our inception um, in that situation. And that's what we really foster on. So after we go through that, that, that personal connection, really understand what your goals are and provide the guidance, then we basically set you up on which educational track. Uh, meet your goals. Um, at that point, you're set into a 150 hour clock hour program, a minimum, or you're in our 300 clock hour program. Uh, our, basically, uh, we have eight week terms. So every eight weeks, we have a term. And now you could be a full-time student or a part-time student. All depends on your availability, right? So if you think about what that could be, you know, if you uh, a single uh, a single track educational course, say if we take, a, you know, extractions, um, extraction, you have six core classes and electives, um, you know, with that situation. So understanding that you would be spreading that across, you know, that time. So we like to get our cohorts without out within 12 weeks as a full-time student. So it's a pretty good commitment looking at 150 hours in 12 weeks, right? So if you're looking at that eight weeks a quarter, you're looking at about four months or so, you know, we have a little break in between four to five months, you know, on average individuals are getting out and finishing in six months. So, you know, once you go through that and you go through all your classes, what then we now get you to do is you start working with career services. So our career services is working with you to making sure that we're helping you with some of your professional development skills, helping you develop your resume and we're finding out again and making sure that you're still in line with where you want to be and then uh, the second half of that is that they're working directly with employers right so if you look up and google the top 10 multi-state largest cannabis businesses um in this uh in the united states we work with all all of them take our grads um nationwide so the program is online and brick and mortar campus in cleveland but we have an online program live instruction online that we started in 2019 uh, so we do it through the zoom platform so we did that pre-pandemic um, it was just so people got a better personal connection with online learning so we're serving probably 20 something states right now with online education where our students are coming from so um you know once you go through career services and it really it's where we're working with you with job placement assistance so um, we have a very big focus but job placement assistance i said it starts from that first interview you have with admissions where do you want to be and how do we get you on the right track? Right. Uh, so we, we dedicate 
uh, a lot of to our student experience um, because we always say it's not about enrollment it's about what they do after they leave here uh, because that's what gives you the validity right if a bunch of people coming out of program they're not doing anything uh, it doesn't mean anything right um, and you see a lot of programs across the united states that you know just you know saying that you can learn everything about cannabis in a weekend that's just impossible right this is a science this is science you know what yeah. i mean this is this is science. This is chemistry. Chemistry, right? This is biology. You know what I mean. This is plant science. This is horticulture. You know what I mean. At the end of the day, like you know, people don't understand that. So to say that that's just impossible. Um, at the end of the day, right? You know, that's why we're always developing curriculum because the industry changes all the time because it's evolving. You know, so we stay vigilant. We stay focused to our goals and making sure that we do everything about the student. And kudos to kudos to you and the entire leadership team and everybody there because honestly, I have not heard of another organization that does that and actually does that so well across multiple states. And I actually had no idea that you guys had that, um, that career services element to what you guys do. So uh, yeah, I mean, hats off to you guys. You guys are doing unbelievable things there. Um, I would love to, I would love to learn a little bit more about your involvement with Courage and Cannabis and mm -hmm. kind of how that came about. And maybe if you just want to give us a little bit of a sneak peek into what, what your contribution and what your story was. Yeah. To so it, um, I think that'd be awesome. Yeah. So Curtin Cannabis, uh, I, I've been working with Dr. Bridget since we opened our Columbus branch. I went to a seminar that I heard a few other people presenting to, and I was like, oh, snap, you know, a doctor. You know what I mean? Black female doctor doing this and her husband in it. And I was like, wow, two black doctors doing this thing. And they, they, they're not practicing Reddit, 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 regular me medicine that much anymore. And they're doing this. I thought that was just amazing. Yeah. So, you know, I hired her in a staff. Um, so she's been on our staff since that day um, and her husband as well. And then, um, you know, we went from that point uh, and we basically um, have always had a good working relationship. And then, you know, she did a book and then she was telling me about this. She's like, hey, I want to do this. And at first I was like, man, I am so busy. I cannot take anything else in my system right now. My brain is definitely on on full tap E. Um, but then she's like, all right, just write the forward, right? So I was like, you know what? All right, I'll write the forward. So I didn't know what a forward was, to be honest with you at that point. So I'm sitting there, I'm like, all right, let me Google what a forward is, right? And looking up, like, all right, what is this whole thing about? And then she's like, you know, the forward is supposed to bring credibility to the book. And I'm like, okay, I'm like, I'm like, all right, that's a lot of pressure. Um, but, you know, I looked at it as, you know, um, how can I go ahead and open up the book to help people understand, you know, the, the, the great read that they're about to embark on, but truthfully start the empowerment, which is, I truthfully believe what courage and cannabis is, is all about is empower people to tell their story. Um, in my open houses and things of that sort of for the school over the years, I've always talked about this thing called the quiet six, right? Mm -hmm. 10 people at a table, six of them support cannabis for them don't but the ones that are the loudest are the ones that don't that don't support cannabis and the quiet six stay quiet because they're afraid of ridicule they're afraid of being disenfranchised they're afraid of judgment it could affect you economically and socially right in the sense of where our minds was just five years ago with cannabis right, right? you know and think about that we were already a decent amount of legal states at that point right uh just in that situation so you know this book is all about you know, giving voice to the quiet six. I always say now, you don't have to be the quiet six. The facts are there. The numbers are there, right? Every every year comes out billions of dollars, billions of dollars, billions. And these are state by state you're talking about. You know, Massachusetts is like, they just cross like 2 billion. You know what I mean? Things of that sort. So, and you're talking about Massachusetts, not a very large state, right. not a very highly populated state doing 2 billion. You know what I mean? With that situation. So we know, we know what this thing is all about at the end of the day, right? 
So, you know, for me, I really got a chance to tell my story um, about, you know, because I'm a Jamaican immigrant, came to this country when I was six years old. You know, my family had to do things uh, to survive at the end of the day. So I've had, um, you know, relatives buried, prison, deported over this plant. Um, you know, so for me, it's been a big transition and opportunity to understand um, the transition that I get to be a part of, right? Which I think for me, as I talk about full circle, for me, uh, I don't think there's anything better than to be able to be affect real change um, in an industry that has directly affected my life and affected my family members, you know, close family members, not far family members, you know, close uncles that I still see to this day that still get stopped at the airport when we travel internationally, you know, for something that happened 20 something years ago uh, at the end of the day, right? Even more than that, because, uh, you know, I mean, I was barely a teenager uh, when he got locked up. So, you know, understanding that, you know, it was all about, you know, that transition and what, you know, finally being able to be, you know, in the cannabis industry, but uh, being on the side of education. Um, I think it's it's a powerful opportunity. Um, and for me, it's really transcended and changed my entire mindset around one, the industry in itself, uh, the opportunities that it has, but the power that we have in the industry that is moving state by state. You know, normally when things happen, it just happens. Like, hey, a new industry, bam, this is it. Um, you have to fit in this way. What's happening? Cannabis is like, uh, we, we don't know. We're trying things out. What are your ideas? Like, you know, and it's going state by state, you know, and things like that. Sort. So the state does it this way. That state does it this way. It's little by little. So this gives a regular person an opportunity to become a stakeholder. You're at the ground floor. So I always use the analogy of there were some people in a garage in the late 70s that created our world that we're in today. Right. When the Internet hit in the early 90s, nobody thought nobody would use it. You know what I mean? Things of that sort. Like, you know, you know, this this stuff, that, that, those people were pioneers, right? We look at them, they changed the world at the end of the day, right? And they had an opportunity to be the stakeholders and shape exactly the world that we have today that the rest of the general public couldn't even imagine um, at the end of the day, right? You really think about it, it was like 2000. 7 2008 when we're thinking about the iphone and smartphones right you know because before that it was a little hp green screen big old ia pack you know blood, blood, the blackberries are out yeah. you know what I mean? but it was very specific corporate people that wanted to do it, and they still had a regular cell phone mm-hmm. um you know now to the day that we walk around with supercomputers that basically are two thousand dollars you know um you know you can buy a laptop for cheaper than you can buy a, a high-end phone now right so you know those people curated that right they had a vision and they got to be stakeholders early in the game that's where we are right if you think about what happened with apps development when apps came out people didn't have apps right it was certain people that came and say this is the next step on this right and how many people were able to integrate themselves and develop again who doesn't have an app now you know um when you think about that so you know that the tech industry for me showed because again how fast that happened because again 30 years you know what i mean geez you know i guess now we're in 2020 so let's go you know 30 years that's still in the 90s but 30 years geez like where we've been um so if we think about that lineage in 30 years where we will be in this and the individuals that would get to shape the industry have an opportunity to get in and i think that's the most powerful thing and i think the only way to do continue to do that is to share our story share our truth be authentic and go ahead and share our lived experiences to impact this so this this industry is as equitable as it possibly can be but it's going to have all the innovation that it needs to be just dope at the end of the day yeah i i totally agree and when you put it in that perspective the last 30 years it feels like so much has happened and it's happened at such a rapid pace but when you think about 
what the next 30 years will be like, it's going to happen even quicker. And the transformations and, and changes are going to be way more exponential because the technology is getting so advanced. Like you said, we've got, you know, $2,000 supercomputers that just fit in our pockets. So who, who, who you know, who can actually predict what's going to happen? Um, and so, yeah. And, and, and sometimes, you know, folks like yourself, like you're, you're writing history, right? Like you are going to be who people in 30 years talk about as a pioneer in cannabis, the same way that we talk about the same people who had, you know, five lights in their garage. And now, you know, now we talk about them like they were pioneers. And so we're still at the very, very early, early stages of all this. And so I think it's, I think when we have these moments of like, you know, clarity, I think it's definitely cool and definitely important for us to kind of take a step back and be like, man, like, like you're also writing history right now. So um, kudos on, on everything that you guys are doing and, and you individually as well. Um, with all of that said, Kevin, if you had to kind of go back and, you know, give your younger self a piece of advice, knowing everything that you know now, knowing everything that you've kind of soaked up from working with all the incredible people that have attended the, the Cleveland School of Cannabis, what's one piece of you know, cannabis career related advice that you would maybe give your younger self or somebody listening to this that wants to get started in cannabis, but they just don't know what that first step should be to take. Truthfully, um, I always tell the story, right? So I remember when cannabis was starting to evolve, right? So I'm 13, first time interacting with cannabis. So that's like 99 or something. Yeah, 99, right? Mm -hmm. And I, you know, this is, you know, you know, Mexican brick weed, seeds filled, you know, dark, basically puts you to sleep, you know, to be type thing. And just so, you know, and then being, I grew up outside of New York and New Jersey. So the transition, what got really popular by the time I got to middle school was like, they called it draw. I don't know what sentence, but they called it draw. And our lack of knowledge, I'm like, when I grew up, I find those like draw is just short for hydroponics. So it's how they grew it. So it wasn't a cultivar. We just called it draw. And then Hayes got very popular in New York and sour diesel got very popular. Right. Those, those cultivars dominated that region. Right. It was like, if you didn't have the Hayes or diesel, it was like, you didn't have good stuff. Right. So as I got older and moved out of that area after school and things of that sort, I remember all of these different names start popping up and I'd be talking to my boy and be like, I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about. Stop lying to me. You're just trying to sell to me. I don't care what the name is. Is it good? Is it not? Right. That's your test. Like it smells good. It looks good. It smells good. That's it. Right. I don't, I don't care. Like, you know what I mean? I'm, I usually literally like stop lying to me. I don't want to sit here and talk to you about this because it doesn't matter. You're just lying, you know? And for me right now, I was just being ignorant, you know? So my advice to individuals is, when someone is giving you some advice, even though you might not fully, fully need to commit to it, it's worth being an active listener, listener and taking it in and doing a little bit of research, right? You know, start to look up the facts, see what this thing is about. Don't just be ignorant and push something off, right? Because uh, at the end of the day, who knows how much better position I could be right now if I actually started to look into what this person was telling me about cultivars and the differences and trying to give me gain. Right. But because I was ignorant and said, nah, I wasn't taking it seriously. Like, man, it's just, it's just weak. Like, come on, is it good? That's it. You know, and didn't have any expectations from it. Um, allowed me to be ignorant for a very, very long time, you know, basically up to my, I was to be 30 years old until I got into this, you know? So, you know, with that situation, I would tell my younger self, man, be open and listen. And don't be so closed-minded and thinking uh, that you have all the information, you know, you have to be a lifelong learner. 
Um, it is the biggest thing that's going to set you apart from everyone else, right? The world changes way too fast to think that you're going to go ahead and know everything because what you know today is not that tomorrow, right? We're out of that era where memorization is key, right? That you, that our, that's why our education system is so far behind because they're still teaching kids to remember everything. Like, you don't need to remember everything. You need to be able to research and validate information. Like, that's the new world. Information is everywhere. You have to be able to research and validate, you know? So with that understanding, I understand that's there. You have to constantly seeing what's out out there diving into things and just taking those opportunities to learn something new and see what opportunities might be there you know for me i'm never i never want to go ahead and touch a plant i don't want to grow a plant i don't want to do any of that um, but i definitely want to be in the cannabis industry because there's so many opportunities that now because i actually listened i sat down i came to school i sat there like in class i was like oh, oh i was like wow okay this is something you know and then i dove in and look at me now you know what I mean? I'm traveling the United States, speaking every single month in all these different places, doing the work that I do, working with governmental ages, working with, you know, other schools, working with other entities, creating programs, you know, the amount of students that I've seen started businesses that are doing big things in the cannabis industry all over the country. You know what I mean? Like, if I would have kept just telling, you know, my boy, like, hey, man, I don't care about that cold of our, I'd been still sitting here, sitting in the house, you know what I mean? Smoking on something, I don't even know what it is. You know, at the end of the day, and now I'm here living a whole different, completely life because i was able to be open and uh do my homework that's amazing man i i appreciate that that insight that golden nugget um kevin for those who want to reach out to you or just get in touch and learn a little bit more about the cleveland school of cannabis uh and what you're involved in what's the best way for them to reach out to you yeah definitely so always you know uh, cleveland school of cannabis google it put it into any um, social media, digital account, you're going to find us hundred um, percent. You know, uh, definitely you can always find me on LinkedIn, you know, Kevin Green with the E at the end of the green um, and things of like that sort to be able to connect, touch base. I'm big on relationships, right? Um, uh, so it's a big thing. You know, my, my thing is if you don't reach out, you never know. Uh, so reach out, let's connect, let's talk, you know, connect. And I'm all about trying to connect people to as many opportunities as I possibly can and giving that guidance. Sometimes it's just a little bit of talk that can, you know, give you all the thing. I say, you know, I do a lot of audio books and I always say, I just need to get one thing out of this thing. I don't, I don't need to get everything right. I was like, one thing is worth it. 10 hours of me listening. I just need one gem out of this thing, right? And sometimes just a conversation with somebody to give you one thing could go ahead and set you off on a course uh, that can completely change your life and make everything just make sense. So, you know, reach out, connect. I said the Cleveland School of Cannabis, Google it, search it, look it up. Kevin Green, obviously you can find me on LinkedIn. Best way to connect with me and uh, looking forward to connect. Perfect. All right, guys, that'll do it for this week's episode of the Major Journey Podcast. We will catch you next time. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, I'm Gary, and I invite you to discover the Cannabis Podcast, a bi-weekly podcast focused on a Canadian's cannabis culture. I would be the Canadian, and my cannabis passion and culture has been building for five decades. I share that passion for this wonderful plant in every episode, through conversations with cannabis advocates and enthusiasts, stories about the ever-changing legal environment, and some hands-on testing of product in a segment I call Cultivar Corner. The Cannabis Podcast, a Canadian's cannabis culture, one toke at a time.